Welcome to the Leaders of Consulting podcast, an interview show with today's leading experts in their fields. You can find out more about today's episode and guests by visiting our website at leadersofconsulting.com. This show is brought to you by Spotlight Podcasting, the agency helping consultants launch revenue-generating podcasts. You can find out more about us at spotlightpodcasting.com. So welcome back to Leaders of Consulting, the show that brings you interviews with experts in the trenches at the forefront of consulting, sharing their own perspectives, tips and resources they've picked up along the way for your benefit. On this episode, we're joined by Jeff Mead, who runs Mead, uh, a, ma- a management consultancy for marketing agencies, helping them attract new customers, grow their businesses, for which the, the results of which really speak for themselves, uh, including growing one agency's revenue past $20 million and landing another agency on the Inc. 5000, amongst many other examples. So anyway, Jeff, it's great to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, fantastic. Um, so Jeff, uh, we'd like to start off these shows with something actionable. So can you tell us one unique approach, tip, tool, or strategy that you think other people in consulting should know about that maybe they don't already? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's what I'm thinking. I think a lot of people know about, probably a lot of people don't do, but it's it's simply a diagnostic. Uh, and And what I mean by that is, I think lots of times as consultants, you know, we're really quick to solve our clients' problems. And lots of times that means that we have these conversations, we figure out how we can best help them. We put together this really big proposal. And sometimes they get sticker shock from that proposal. You know, they're like, wow, this sounds great, but oh my goodness, it's going to take how long and it's going to cost how much. And I think. What happens to us lots of times is we lose so much time in building out a proposal, whereas we should have probably taken a couple step backs, done somewhat of a diagnostic and really figured out with the client, hey, you know, what does this really look like? And truly get paid for your thinking, right? Sometimes we give away so much of our thinking that uh, by the time we get to it, if somebody walks away from sticker shock, we've lost a lot, a lot of time putting together a proposal. So I really like the idea of, of doing diagnostic with clients so that you can figure out, you can get paid to figure out what truly the problem is and you can prescribe the right solution. And, you know, they get a feel for what it's like to work with you in a very low commitment environment. Great. And I've got a question for you around definitions here. So sticker shock that you mentioned, I'm not so familiar with that term. Can you can you explain for us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think it's, you know, if someone is having a problem, like in my world, I work with marketing agencies, but you know, you can you can be consultant for anything, right? Law firms, anything else, and and so when you're putting together a proposal, uh, the price that they see, that price that they have to pay, sometimes it's just more than they expected, more than they assumed, and so you know, I, I actually think it's a term borrowed from the uh, car industry where it's like, oh my goodness, I had no idea it was going to cost this much. So it's kind of sticker shock. Uh, And so you want to prevent that and you want to walk them through in a way where they truly understand what they're getting. And and I really like the idea of simply a diagnostic because it's a simple way for you both to figure out, hey, what's the true problem? I think lots of times as consultants, people come to us and they say, oh, I need this. I think what we have to do is take a couple of step backs and say, all right, let me see what you really need. 
then I'll prescribe the best solution for that problem and not the other way around, right? It's, it's the analogy between a pharmacist and a doctor, right? You don't want to be an order taker. You actually want to solve, create solutions for your clients. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And one, one kind of problem that some people run into is sometimes what the client needs and wants are not always exactly the same thing. Do you have any ways of approaching that or any kind of sort of client education steps that you go through in order to like bring you both on the same page and help them sort of realize what would be best for them? Yeah. Yeah. I, in, in many ways, one thing that I like to do is really have your potential clients really focus on outcomes that they want. Right. And so, you know, lots of times people may talk to friends, their colleagues, and, and by the time they reach you, they really feel like they have an understanding of what they want, right? This is the culture we live in. You do tons of research. You go to the person's website and you look at what they offer and you say, oh, that's exactly what I need. And so by the time you pick up the phone and talk to them, you say, hey, I know what I need, but I don't think that's, that's not the best solution for them. So I, the pushback is always, all right, this is what you think you need. And it may be right, but talk to me about the outcomes that you want to achieve, right? And then, then once we can agree on the outcomes, then me as the expert or you consultant as the expert can then say, all right, based on these outcomes and based on where you're at, this is the best way to get there. And then you start offering examples of how you've seen people in similar solutions and how you got to the, them to that place, right? Yeah, that- this is something I, I, I guess that's common in both the consulting world and also the agency world as well. Mm-hmm. Although I, I kind of think as though it's it's a little bit more common in the agency space because you're seen as a service provider. You're right. You know, it's quite easy for people to kind of put you in a box and go, "Okay, yeah. you 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 deliver this widget or whatever." Yes, but yes. oftentimes, you know, people are trying to you know agencies often try and avoid being sort of pigeonholed like that. They try right. and so that instead of just being uh, sold as a as an execution solution, they're trying to provide both the strategy and execution yep. pieces yep. Uh, to avoid that commoditization. Uh, right, basically. right. Excellent. Um, so another thing I'm kind of curious about, you know, your background, Jeff, is, uh, you know, you went through a phase where you were very much involved in the agency world and then you decided mm-hmm. uh, to provide consulting for for agencies and particularly marketing agencies right 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 i'm curious what made you go through that transition and how do you feel like what do you feel about the differences between the two is what i'm i'm curious about what factors went into making that decision or, or, or what are the pros and cons between um you know as an individual uh working on either side uh, yeah and one piece of that story that's missing is is actually I, I started a marketing agency many moons ago, uh, and, and it was focused on market research. And essentially, I made every mistake you could make. You know, <laughs> when I talk to clients now, and and I see it happening to them, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember how that felt, and I remember going through that. Uh, and the problem or the challenge that we had, m- me and my partners, was that we just had no one to turn to. There wasn't anyone that we could go that was specialized. There was obviously coaches and business coaches, but we never felt like there was anybody specialized that truly understood our world. And so like many entrepreneurs, we kind of just kept hitting our head till we figured it out. Uh, So going through that experience, I I remember just wishing that there was somebody that could help us. 
you know, and then fast forward kind of as I grew my career, I started working at other agencies and, you know, you just naturally grow to senior positions in those agencies. And it was really fun growing other agencies and, and seeing the same problems surface over and over. And then what I did actually was I actually went client side for a while because I was in the agency space for so long. And I just wanted to see what that was like. You know, in so many ways, when you're at agencies, you, you almost feel like you're being bossed around all the time. And it seemed the grass seemed so much greener on the other side. And so I went over there for a while and it just wasn't me. Uh, and so I came back and connected with some agencies again and, and really just joined an agency to help them grow. And we got to a point with the agency that I realized where my true passion was. And, and as much as they wanted me to do more, I realized that I loved that growth phase for agencies. And, and I didn't need to be the one growing the agency. I realized that I had a lot to give. And so that's when I made the jump over to just solely consulting with agencies. And really, I think the skill set is just, you know, I think when someone runs a business and they go to a consultant, they truly want to know that you understand their pain. And, and I've been in their shoes and I know what it's like. And I know what it's like to scale an agency from zero to something that's sellable. Uh, you know, I know what it's like to, to have a really big agency in, in some of the major cities. And so a lot of the experiences my clients go through is, is experiences that I've seen and felt. And so I, I just think it, it matters a lot to them that they truly know that I've lived it. And, and not only have I lived it, but now on this fate, on this side of the room, I see experiences that they go through and other agencies going through. You know, one of the biggest questions I always get is, you know, what are your other agencies doing? Uh, there's always this comparison that people like to see in many ways, right? They want to benchmark. They want to know if people are making the same mistakes, if people are having the same challenges. And so I think my ability to see so many different agencies in so many different phases in real time, you know, it gives them a, a really good perspective on what's working and what's not working. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like having having had that experience of actually working on the other side, you have that extra degree of empathy. So I suppose not everybody necessarily, you know, has that, has that kind of experience, do they? Right. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's empathy. You're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, I, I feel like you could do it without that, but there's just this, I get it. Right. I think you nailed it with the empathy and, and I've seen it and I felt it. And so lots of times I'll tell people, you know, I'm like a personal trainer, uh, except for your business, but I'm not going to be mean because I know what it feels like, right? Like you feel like everything's crashing down and, and you know where the business fits in their life, right? And there's people who are really trying to make sure they make payroll and, you know, they have a teenage kid who's about to go to college. And so really understanding where the business fits in their life, I think is, and, and that they can see that I, I really feel it. Uh, is is helpful in my practice? Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't mind, if I pull on a, on a previous thread that you talked about, so you talked about this process of doing a diagnostic with uh, clients. And apologies because my my memory's just pulling on this now. Um, but I'm curious. I don't know if you're familiar or or if you've come across the concept of road mapping is it something similar to that is it a similar kind of process is it where you have this kind of short 
initial engagement that's like fixed, relatively fixed scope, um, that's priced, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be, you know, the, the full whammy, um, right. but it's basically something that has like maybe a set price. You follow a particular process where you, you uncover, um, you know, all the requirements, the requirements and the needs for the project and who the, all the stakeholders are. And you kind of embed yourself in the organization a little bit. Is it something a little bit like that or is it, or is it slightly different from that? Uh, you nailed it. It's it's pretty much just like that. Yeah. And and I just refer to it as a diagnostic. But yeah, roadmap, I feel like there's so many terms, but that's right. exactly it. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like as consultants, it's it's really you want to do something small enough that's bite size where you know you can get in, ingratiate yourself, people can figure out, hey, I really do like working with this person. Right. So yeah. it's it's definitely the concept of a roadmap. Yeah. And or I guess also the nice thing is that you're also able to establish, is this a good fit? You know, do we work well together? Are there red flags? Are there, you know, um, is there any reason why this wouldn't be a, a good idea to go ahead together or not? Yeah, on yeah. on both sides too. De-risks right? it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's one thing, you know, as consultants, we're always trying to build our practice. But I, I realize the longer I do this, that it's not only that, I want the business, but it's, does the business make sense? Can I get this person to where they have to get to or where they need to get to? And there's been times that I've gone through roadmaps and it's ended there um, on my side. And I'm saying, I, I can't get you. I've seen what it's like to work with you. And I, I don't use this language, of course, but it's, but I've seen what it's like to work with you. And I don't believe I can get you to where you need to get to. Right. And so it's a really good way for us to both say, does this make sense? Because because after the roadmap, the the relationship gets so much more intimate. Right. And so at that point, it's it's analogous to going on a first date with somebody. You're like, well, this was good, but we don't need to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah fair enough. Absolutely. Um, and I'm curious, can you can you tell us, Jeff, you know, are, are there any through your career? Is there any kind of body of work or any particular resources, whether it's, you know, a book or a podcast that had a big impact on the way that you think and the way that you approach uh, the work that you do? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say I tell lots of my clients this too. Uh, David, David Meister or Meister, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, former Harvard professor uh, and had his own consultant practice. But he wrote a book called Managing the Professional Service Firm. And, and that has had the most impact on my consultant practice, I would say, more than anybody else. He's written a couple books. I would say any consultant should probably read Meister's work and especially Managing the Professional Service Firm. I mean, he's had a big impact on my thinking. And uh yeah, he he essentially had a course at at Harvard, and it was all about managing professional services firms. And so, he really elevated the way we look at professional services firms. Whereas, you know, when you think of consultants, they're working at consumer product companies, they're doing IT consulting and all that. But he really looked at professional services firms, and I recommend it to to anyone that wants to go deeper. You know, really want to be a, elite. In their in their field, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I've not heard of that one before, actually. David yeah, Meister. that's a that's a, that's one to add to my reading list. And and I will say this: once you start reading it, you start saying to yourself, "I wish I found this guy earlier." He's very sophisticated in his thinking. Right. Very interesting. 
Were there any particular ideas of his that, that stick with you that you, you find yourself coming back to? It's one of the few books that I, I go back to a lot. And there's, there's many times where I'll experience something you know, you'll leave a meeting with a client or, or what, what happens to me is I'll leave a meeting and I'm like, man, I feel like Meister referenced something like this. And, mm. and so I'm thinking about it and, and I'm pulling on a thread thinking, man, I, I, sh- I should have thought of a way to like wrap this up better for them. And then I'll go back to it and then I'll go back to the client and say, you know, after some thinking. And so he kind of sharpens my thinking really just... It's it's almost like my coach, you know, is is almost like a coach for me. Uh, it's a shame he retired because he's definitely someone I would have looked to as a coach or mentor. Yeah, absolutely, very interesting, fantastic. And if we just uh, switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about you know the the sort of work that you do, article um, not so long ago called the four bookmarks, but be- sorry, bookmarks, benchmarks of an like, agency. Oh, re- oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the the four benchmarks of an agency's life cycle, and so you mentioned these these four different sort of uh, phases: uh, startup, survival, growth, and exit. And it, it's very interesting. You 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 tie uh, certain metrics to each stage, right? Um, which, which is yeah, which is interesting. It's it's an, it's something I hadn't you know I hadn't come across before. I'm curious how you came up with it. How did you? It's, it's, it's what I was saying before, you know, it, what's really cool is I deal with solopreneurs to people who run agencies with like 30, 40 people. And so when I'm advising somebody who has one or five people, it's very different than the person who has 30 or the person who started their company a year ago and a person who started their company 20 years ago. Right. And, and so and so with that, when you're working with folks, I always want to give people benchmarks that make sense for where they're at, right? It, d- it doesn't make sense to create this benchmark and say, well, such and such is doing this. No, you, you're not in that phase of your business. And so really looking at their business is going to grow and mature. And when you're at this stage, what do you need to hit to get to that next stage? And so that was really the thinking behind it. And from what I've seen working with, with clients of different sizes and, and different ages, you know, if you're in a startup phase, what are you truly looking at? Right. And, and for the most part, to get to the next phase, you just want to prove proof of concept. Right. And so once you've done that, then you can graduate to the next phase. But if you just started, it doesn't make any sense for you to go into these really deep metrics yeah. where the market hasn't even validated that your business makes sense, right? And so it's really just what metrics make the most sense to where you're at now. That's really the thinking. Right. So at startup phase, you have you know, gross revenue. Like you say, you're, you're trying to prove proof of concept, basically, right. making sure that you, know, you have product market fit, that there is a, a need for the services that you're selling. And then is there a certain, so is there essentially like a certain target that you look for uh, that you establish or does it really depend case by case? It's case by case. You know, there are there are definitely as you mature as a business, there are certain benchmarks that we have that you just should hit, right? Um, and for instance, I'll give you an example. I just had this conversation last week, and so I have an agency who's looking to hire another employee, and so this is what consultants face all the time, and so they're trying to figure out, you know. 
do we have enough money to hire somebody else? What work are they going to do? And so for me, it always goes back to the numbers. I'm like, all right, well, let's look at your numbers and you know, we'll look at gross profit. And then I'll say, all right, what does your compensation look like out of gross profit? And so for any professional services company, not just agencies, right? You see this with law firms, architectural firms. Essentially, you don't want to be higher than 45, 50% of your gross profit and compensation, right? And so this person, they had no concept of that, right? And so for me, I was saying, if you're going to hire somebody, realize that we don't want to get higher than about 50% in total comp. And if we do, then we're going to have to cut something else, right? And so that was one of those metrics where it was like, it, it allowed them to be mindful, like, oh, so maybe we need to grow uh, our revenue a little more or, or reduce cost of goods. So any of that stuff, right? It's just, but it was a really good metric for him to think through. I had no idea that I, would, I should be around this. That Like that's a metric that stays no matter what, no matter who you are um, as, an, as a business, as a professional services business, right? But then to your question, you know, it, does it make sense or rather... Most of the other stuff is customized, right? So when I look at gross revenue or rather gross profit, you know, I have some folks who will say they have no desire to grow past 3 million, right? So I'm not going to push them, right? So, so I'll always push back and then based on what they want that top line to be, I'll tell them where profitability should be if they're being efficient. And, and, and then my bogey to them always is, all right, based on what you think you want your top line to be, I'll tell you how to create something that's sellable in the future. And I don't ever push anybody to sell. I just want to create something that could be sold, right? That's always to push them. So whenever I give advice, I'm always saying, I'm giving this to you because we're trying to create something that could be sold. Uh, so always, that's always a language that I use. Yeah. And aiming to have a, a sellable asset is a lot of it is to do with optionality, right? And also building something that's valuable as an entity, as opposed to uh, just being sort of a uh, you know a cash flow, right? And when you mention compensation, that that compensation percentage is that the same or it, as uh, as total margin, or, or is that completely different? Is that uh, so? Compensation would be, uh, and sorry if it wasn't clear, but compensation yeah. would really just be you know total payroll. You know, right. All the people who's on your payroll, not you know, not if you're hiring a a, a a subcontractor who's like you just hired them for one project. I'm referring to all the people that are on payroll, right? And so, you know, if you hire a graphic designer for this one client, then that's not part of your your payroll. But when we look at payroll for a business that's in this world, that's in professional services, you're your metric, you don't want to get above 50% because, you know, after you get above that number, everything else is just, it's hard to make any margin after that, right? You're just running too hot. Uh, you, you could be making money, right? Like I always joke and say, you know, a business person can always be at a cocktail party and say, yeah, we made X million dollars in revenue, but when you get down to it, they're not profitable, right? And so, so those benchmarks are just to keep people healthy so that they know what they should be looking out for. Yeah. And I suppose by having a good handle of those numbers, it helps answer the question, oh, what is the thing I should be focusing on or what should I do next? 
and when should I when should I take that next action? When should I right. make that next hire that will help us overcome the next challenge? You know, our current challenge that we have, whether that's hey, we need help with account management or sales side or marketing and so forth. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And and all those questions that that folks ask, I always feel like as consultants, we got to be able to have data that backs it up. Right. And so the data I always use is, is really their income statements and their balance sheets. And, and you give them those metrics that they got to hit. And so it's not as easy as somebody saying, oh, we're swamped. Then I'd say, all right, well, you get a, you get a contractor, but to put somebody on payroll to your point, you got to hit this number or else you're not going to be profitable. Right. And so everybody's able to think through. And so what I love about it is you want to get people away from focus on, on the vanity metrics like revenue, right? Revenue is the stuff we we talk about at award shows and we tell our friends, but no one ever says anything about profit right? <laughs> that you keep close to the vest. Yeah. I always wondered that. Why why do companies always talk about the revenue? And why don't they talk more about profit? It's just, right. yeah, it's unusual. It's, it's a funny thing. So Jeff, so it's really interesting kind of hearing your perspective because I feel like you're a consultant that works with agencies. I feel like I'm an agency that works with consultants. So it's like, <laughs> other, yeah, it's just like, a, yeah, very, very interesting uh, kind of thing yeah. things. But I, I know that you've got, um, you know, we were talking about roadmaps earlier. I know you've got um, a roadmap yourself for agencies. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. And so, you know, my diagnostic, my agency roadmap is is really the the entry into my advisory practice. And so when I work with somebody, it really is we go through the agency roadmap. And essentially it lets me I have this questionnaire that's built out that people spend a lot of time on going through. And the beauty of it is it really Every single agency that has gone through it, no matter what their size, has always come back to me and said, just the process of answering those questions helped them think about their business a lot differently, right? And so, so that's what we do. We, we put together this, this long questionnaire and you go through the questionnaire and then we go through a working session. Um, I review all the answers and you know ask for some additional insight. And then we go through a working session and then we really get to dig deep. Uh, and, and in many ways, that's like the analogy I made between a difference in a doctor and a pharmacist. And that's truly my time to truly understand what's going on with my patient. And, and it gives, it allows them to really think through and get past the emotional stuff and really help me, help me understand what's going on with their business and what do they want to achieve Right. And, and the process, you know, anybody who writes the process of writing stuff down makes you think a lot and even understanding that you have to share, share that with somebody else. Right. It really makes you think about what you're saying and where you really want to take your business as a business. Uh, and so that's what I do with a lot of agencies. And, and once we go through that, then I can truly prescribe the next course of action. And, and the cool thing about that is I can say, this is what you should do next. This is how I can help you get there. But if not, this is what you need to do. And so, you know, people can elect to, to do it on their own. Uh, most won't, right? Because by the time you've made the decision to call a consultant, you've acknowledged that you can't do it on your own, right? And that's totally fine. I mean, there's so many things you have to do as a business owner from, you know, being quality control to mention payroll to 
to just keeping the lights on. And, and sometimes you just need somebody who's been there before, who's who can just push you, uh, help you think through some of your biggest challenges. And, and that's where I come in for agency owners. I, I've always said when I was in the agency world on the other side, I love, love, love working with creative folks. But I realized where my value was, was truly in building the actual business. I just wanted, I wanted to focus on the numbers. I wanted to focus on operations. It was always the business side of it, but I loved being in the brainstorm meetings. I was never the most creative, but just loved being around creative folks. And I felt like when I was in that position, there was just no one that I saw or knew of that was around to help me build my business. Uh, you know, as consultants, we never need to come in and help somebody be better at their at their craft. It's it's really the the business side of it, and that's that's truly where uh, I add value to a lot of my clients. Excellent, fantastic, uh, and we'll include the the link to the the roadmap uh, in the show notes. I love. Um, I can just you know just speaking with you, I can really get a sense of this very sort of calm, measured approach to things as well, which I'm sure is. You know, it is, is yeah. uh, an asset to, to, to have. Great. And can you tell us wh- where else, you know, if people want to uh, sort of connect with you online, is there anywhere else they should go? Yeah. Uh, you know, go to my website, themeadcompany.com, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, just LinkedIn backslash Jeff Mead, and I'll be there. Happy to connect. Fantastic. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure chatting today and uh, just want to thank you for coming on the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. As always, we'd like to bring you guests that are at the forefront of the independent and boutique consulting industry. And we're also looking for recommendations. So if you know someone that you believe would be a good fit as a guest, please do send them my way, which you can do by simply emailing me at jbs at leadersofconsulting.com.